welcome to the Dietitian Dad Podcast. I am Michael Murphy, father of three, registered dietitian, and your dad when it comes to weight loss, nutrition, and health. No quick fixes or easy answers here, just evidence-based advice to help you permanently change your life. Hello again. Welcome back to episode number 63 of the Dietitian Dad Podcast. If you listened last week to episode 62 titled Skinny Shaming, I hope you enjoyed it. I talked about a gentleman that I was working out with every day at the gym for the last month and a half or so who wanted to put on weight, which led, gave me an idea for how to start off this podcast, and I'll go over that in a second. But just so you know, stay tuned. I'm going to go over something really good today. We're going to talk about various topics, and what I want to do is explore those topics by pointing out the reasons why you should do something and the reasons why you should not do something. For instance, counting calories, taking vitamins, um, weighing yourself, eating late, using a food scale, uh, and a few other things. And what I like about this is that for every argument that someone like myself would put out online or make a video about or talk about, there's always a detractor or somebody who has a, a different opinion um, because a lot of this is opinion-based. Some is based in fact. So what I wanted to do was at least explore both sides of it and see if I can come to a conclusion in, in terms of what I think is the best answer and, of course, give you, the feed, give you the information so you can make that determination on your own. And one more little side note if you're listening. I, I'm going to take a, just a quick second. If you do listen to my podcasts, many of you have reviewed me. And I, I'm so appreciative, but this is just another um, shameless ask if you can go on and throw me a review. If you review me and let me know or show me the review or just message me on Instagram or TikTok or um, at registereddietitianmike at gmail.com, I will send you my recipe book, which is, in my opinion, really, really good. I'll send it to you for free. So just show me proof that you did it. And I'll send that over to you. It'll only take you a few seconds. It's definitely worth it. Okay, thank you. So going before we go into the main topic of this podcast, I just want to uh, go back to that gentleman I was working out with and what it reminded me of. Now, he's a younger guy, so injuries aren't as expected, but he did get hurt the other day while working out with me. He hurt his back a little bit, and it, it made him not be able to work out for a few days, so he had to take a break. Of course, he was upset about it, and um, I don't want to say devastated. That's a little bit extreme, but you know, when you get into the the mode, as many of you know, you, you don't want to stop. So, what that led me to think about is something I see often in the world of weight loss or the world of you know bettering one's health, making a going on a journey to become better at something, especially when it comes to your health. And over the years, I've encountered some interesting stories of people that have had setbacks or something that happened to them that really derailed them. And being the human beings that we are, it's sometimes not always our fault if the first thing we do is give up or feel like we're defeated. Any type of thought that goes through our head that wants to bring us down. And I'm just here in my little podcast to remind you if you're listening that if you set up the expectations beforehand, whether you have weight loss surgery or go on a weight loss journey without the surgery or you start an exercise program, I can guarantee you for no, no matter what you do, 
part of the journey and part of the process will include weight stoppages, weight plateaus, maybe even a little bit of weight gain at a certain point, a point where you feel like you had a negative day where you've got off your game, uh, a point where you may get hurt exercising like my friend. And the point of, of me bringing this up is, is that these are all part and normal of that journey. They're not, they're not um, anomalies or outliers or things that don't happen to any, many people and all of a sudden you think it's only you, right? These are things that happen pretty much to everybody. Therefore, it is part of the experience to go through tough times. And if you understand that, you'll, you'll hopefully have a better mental outlook in that, okay, I got hurt exercising. Yes, I was exercising really hard almost every day, but here's the expected um, break that I knew was coming. And you just, you just freely take the break without overthinking it. Or maybe you had a week where you went on a vacation or you just got off your eating plan that you were on and you didn't feel like you did the greatest that week. Okay, you knew that was going to happen. You already accepted it. Therefore, just enjoy it and get back at it. That type of thing. So that mentality, that mental outlook is so crucial, in my opinion, to succeeding long term. If you don't have that type of positivity in your head, that type of, um, I would say, healthy attitude about it, it's actually going to make it harder on you. So when, in a weird twist, when you're beating yourself up and thinking that'll make you you know, work harder, do better, whatever you think that will do for you, in my opinion, it's actually going to hurt you. So just think about that. Take a step back, you know, relook at those expectations, and hopefully you remember these words next time you run into a speed bump. Okay, so let's move on to the main topic of this podcast. This is going to be interesting, exploring different things that have a, po- a difference of opinion on. And I'm going to jump right into this one. This is one of my favorite topics to argue with somebody about or explore. And that is the simple concept of should we be weighing ourselves? Should we know what we weigh, right? Ever since we were born, and I've done podcasts on this, so I don't want to reiterate a lot of the stuff I've done in previous podcasts, but ever since we were born, we've been weighed and put into um, categories based on that number. I mean, when we're babies, we're put in percentiles and all that stuff. And there's there's obviously some good reasons for that because we don't want somebody in a low percentile being malnourished when we're young. But I'm talking about in adulthood. Should we know the number on the scale? And I mean literally, should we weigh ourselves at all? I'm not just saying, should you weigh yourself a lot? No, I am literally arguing that scales only serve certain purposes, and they're not too many. And in the overall viewpoint of everything, the argument would be just don't know what you weigh. And I'm going to tie this into the concept of the BMI chart, the, the body mass index chart, which you hopefully know that I hate if you listen to me or follow me. These two kind of tie in together because the BMI chart is outdated. You can go back and listen to my opinion on that. It's awful. Let's try to think about why we would we would need to know what we weigh, for from a, like a medical reason. Maybe if um, you were getting medication di- um, distributed to you, something was prescribed to you, that might be based on how much you weigh in terms of the dose. If you if you're going to have surgery, 
The anesthesiologist would have to know how much you weigh to give you the proper amount of anesthesia, so there's a good reason. Okay, sometimes you might get weighed to um, get on a small plane or some type of transportation or anything that would that would affect if there was too much weight on something that could affect it from moving. And these are small outlier things. I don't think they're really arguable. Then okay, fine. But from from an overall standpoint, my argument, and, and this is what this podcast is about, arguing for both sides of it, the, the argument I would take is all weight really does it, it accomplishes only negative connotation to it. It doesn't seem to do much positive. And when it does do something positive, and that's, let's say somebody does lose weight and gets down to their goal weight, then they're happy, my argument would then be, well, we don't want, we don't want that. We want to just be, we want to exist, and we want to be healthy and strong, and a number on a scale shouldn't matter at that point. Now, if somebody isn't healthy and strong, and um, they are in a point where they feel like they need to drop, they probably already know it based on how they feel. They don't need a scale to tell them that they're, quote-unquote, overweight. Now, personally, for me, and this is just me, and again, I'm going to talk about genetics in a minute, but I I'm, I'm probably have some genetics on my side in that I have never been overweight. Uh, um, but there was a point where I would weigh myself a lot and kind of define myself by that number, you know, whatever. I haven't weighed myself in a couple years now. I don't even know what I weigh. And I think that's, again, that's me. But I think that is a is a better way of going about it. And, and if you're going to listen to this podcast, you might be thinking to yourself, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I need to weigh myself for the following reasons. This podcast, it's my job to come up with the reasons why somebody would weigh themselves. Now, feel free to reach out to me and give me your reasons um, if you think of something but from my experience, weight, people weigh themselves because they have a goal and they're, they're literally just trying to get to that goal and they want to know what they weigh. And if that's your reason, I'm not going to argue with you about it, but you have to ask yourself why. Why are we trying to define ourselves by a certain weight? I have a history of working with eating disorder patients many years ago, but you know that whole world is, is, is a, a product of commercials and big business pushing to us that we should be smaller, that we should weigh something. And that does lead um, young minds especially to, you know, trying to lose weight, developing eating disorders that allow them to lose weight. That's a whole scary area that I hate so much. And the weight on the scale does pretty much rule that area. That's a whole other reason why we shouldn't put a lot of emphasis on the weight. Okay, I went a little, bit, a little bit longer than I thought on that topic, so I'm going to move on to eating late. Should we, can we eat late, or does it matter if we eat after, let's say, 8 p.m.? There are people that swear by eating up until, let's say, 5 or 6 and nothing else. That's just the way they, they live their lives. And, and then there's people like me who say, you know what? I don't want anybody to go to bed hungry, starving, just uh, uh, with discomfort or uncomfortably going to bed because they're hungry, but they're they're just not letting themselves eat later at night. And there's no fully functional studies that support eating late leads to increased fat storage, for instance, while you're sleeping. So I'm very happy to sh- to tell everybody that I know, everybody who asks, go ahead and eat whatever time of day you want to eat. 
It's more about your total energy intake over a time period that will contribute to your weight loss or weight gain, uh, or fat loss or fat gain. But but the, you know, but there are people who will say, you know, I need to be disciplined. If I tell myself I can't eat after six or seven at night, that will help me from overeating for the day. And and if that's you, then that's perfectly if that's a perfectly fine rationale. But as long as we're not doing it because we believe some type of study that says you will gain weight if you eat late at night. Okay, here's another, not controversial one, but very much has different opinions. I've talked about counting calories. I've talked about the pros and cons. But I also like a food scale. Like a food scale helps you count calories, so they kind of go hand in hand. But should you be so um, finite with your with your food that you're actually putting your food on a food scale pretty much every time you eat or if you're home and counting every little calorie, weighing it out. Oh, here's three ounces of chicken, pre-cooked, um, um, you know, measuring and weighing every food. Should you be doing that? Are there, there are definitely arguments on both sides, and it kind of ties into counting calories. Now, I prefer to recommend somebody do more intuitive eating. You've probably heard that term before, and there are registered dietitians who specialize more in it than I do. Um, that just allows you to be more attentive to your hunger cues, your satiety cues, and kind of control your amount of calories based on that. That's a very healthy way of going about it, and it's probably the preferred method. But there still is an argument that I would probably present as to why certain people should be quote-unquote counting calories. I don't even like that term. More about paying attention to calories, I think. And then in, in doing so, they may have to weigh some of the food to understand how much they're consuming. The reason is because intuitive eating requires a lot of work to understand, a lot of studying, a lot of, you know, possibly working with dietitians who could help. Whereas weighing, weighing and measuring foods isn't easy, but it's a little bit easier. And it can help lead you down the path to at least an understanding of your caloric intake that allows your body to shed fat. And if you go on that journey, you don't have to do it forever either. That's the good news. You have to do it to set yourself up to understanding it better. So for instance, um, let's say you're, you're, you feel like you have a little bit more weight on you, and I like to say fat on you, and you want to drop 20 pounds of fat. So you're going to, you, without weighing yourself, you just feel it. <laughs> so you're going to go and look at your energy intake, and you're going to cut that down. The problem is, it may be hard for you to really know if you're cutting it down without really looking at that closely, understanding the portion sizes that you're having for your lunches, your dinners, and your snacks. So this is a time when it might help you do that. Um, some people get uncomfortable doing it. Some people get triggered or get anxiety from doing it. So we have to start the journey, start down the path, and see how we do. And if it becomes a problem, then we just find another way to do it. Or we, or we at least learn from it and move on. But I'm always looking to not make somebody rely on doing it forever, right? I mean, can you imagine? Some people do this. You might do it. Counting calories for years, every day. I mean, that takes a lot of the joy out of eating, which is a lot of your life. A lot of joy in your life is from food. So there's something to be said for making food uh, an anxiety-inducing, you know, you're about to eat, your body starts to put, go in fight-or-flight mode. Oh my gosh, this is too many calories, um, what have you. So we have to make sure we're doing this the right way and... Um, a lot of the clients I work with 
I'm making sure that they're, they're feeling comfortable with that if they're doing it. Next up is taking vitamins. So, you know, you're listening to this. I'm not here to say to anybody that just on a podcast, you know, not to take vitamins. So please don't listen to that advice if I, if I somehow say that in the next few minutes. If you think you should be taking vitamins or a doctor tells you to, you definitely want to take them. But you bought, you've probably heard this before. I think we're over-vitamined. I think we're over, um, I would say, well, over-medicated as well too. But there's so many supplements that are just a waste of money. And a lot of the vitamins are. But, we're, but again, society and commercials and advertising has, has gotten into our brains that we should be taking all these vitamins. And um, you know, I, I hope most of you know that's definitely not true. Unless you're at risk, unless you're pregnant, um, elderly, uh, young, um, you have um, anemia, for instance, you have some type of condition, bariatric surgery, another one. Um, but for the most part, most people don't really need vitamins at all. Um, and they're spending a lot of money on them for no reason. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-supplement um, uh, by any means. In fact, there's a lot of natural herbals out there that I, highly, that I believe in that work better than medicine. Um, so, you know, if that's something you're taking, please take it, especially if you feel good on it. Um, it's just a matter of people will say... Yes, I feel differently on my vitamins. They're helping me, and I'm not here to say don't do that. Luckily, vitamins, for the most part, aren't too pricey, so if you're spending money on them. But if I were to look into someone's personal spending on all the different supplements they may use, I bet I can save them money. You know what I mean? It's almost like somebody coming in and cutting costs at a business. I can come into your household and look at the money you, you spend on these and probably slash a few costs off your monthly budget if you are taking them. Another one I get a lot is, are foods, can any food be bad? Is, is, it, is it appropriate to label yourself as a bad person or that you're eating bad or you're eating a bad food? Some people would argue, especially if you're online a lot, you'll see a lot of these people out there who say, you know, if you go to Europe, our ketchup, the ketchup in Europe has only four ingredients, so the bread in Europe has four ingredients, and the bread and ketchup in the United States has 20 ingredients. And they'll say, well, th- th- there's, there's a problem there. High fructose corn syrup is bad for you. Um, uh, canola oil is bad for you. Use the word bad a lot. I'm still of the opinion you should definitely practice moderation. No food is amazing for you if eaten too much, for the most part. But I'm still on the side that there's no such thing as a bad food unless it's poison. And that's not really food, is it? There isn't. And most food, because we're large adults, the amount, the amount of food that we eat when you hear somebody say, oh, that causes cancer, for instance, like artificial sweetener, for the most part, you have to consume, you know, 10 times your body weight in these, like mice do, to see, or rats do, to see these things have an effect long term. Now, am I 100% sure about that? I'm not. So I have to still trust the science here. And that's, that's my current recommendation. Um, but I, I'm, I'm against calling foods, any foods at all bad, because all foods keep us alive. All liquids can keep us hydrated, um, even if it's a Coca-Cola. Okay, I'm getting short on time. The last thing I wanted to talk about was how much genetics plays a role in our body weight and how that that 
most people, when they're in a in an area of their weight that they don't feel comfortable in, they think it's their fault. It's all their fault. They're eating, they're not exercising enough. They're eating too much, or they're eating bad. You know, so back to that word. So that that's something I see a lot of. Now, am I here to say argue on the side of you know, it's not any uh, anybody's responsibility or anybody's fault that they're pass, possibly gaining weight? No, that's not my point. But here's the thing: a lot of studies show genetics plays about set a, a role about seventy percent a role in how much we weigh. Not because it it sets our set point at a certain weight, but genetics play a role in our appetite, in our cravings, uh, especially in women who have children and how they their bodies respond afterwards. Um, so many different factors that lead to us consuming more energy than our bodies need to put more fat on that it's not always, quote unquote, our fault. Now, there are going to be people that say it is our fault or their fault, and they're just going to say that's a bunch of baloney. Um, and that's fine. If, if somebody wants to adopt that type of attitude about it, take personal responsibility, I'm not against that. But again, if you blame yourself, all you're going to do is feel bad about yourself instead of understanding there are factors that are kind of out of your control, but you can manipulate and work on and make better. It's, it's not about blaming. It's about understanding why you crave the foods you eat or why you eat out more often or whatever and why you have more calories than your body needs. So just remember that when you're hard on yourself. Okay. All right, that was good. I hope that was enough topics for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember to throw me a review. I'll give you a free um, recipe book headed your way. See you guys next time. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dietitian underscore dad while you wait for the next episode to drop. And remember, permanent changes lead to permanent results. <laughs>